Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 130 Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you, so that you may be revered. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning more than those who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is great power to redeem. It is he who will redeem Israel from all its iniquities. Ezekiel chapter 1 verses 1 through 3 and chapter 2 verses verse 8 through chapter 3 verse 3. In the thirtieth year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the exiles by the river Hebar, the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. On the fifth day of the month, it was the fifth year of the exile of King Jehoiakim, the word of the Lord came to the priest Ezekiel, son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Hebar, and, by, and the hand of the Lord was on him there. But you, mortal, hear what I say to you. Do not be rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. I looked, and a hand was stretched out to me, and a written scroll was in it. He spread it before me. It had writing on the front and on the back, and written on it were words of lamentation and mourning and woe. He said to me, O mortal, eat what is offered to you. Eat this scroll and go, speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he gave me the scroll to eat. He said to me, Mortal, eat this scroll that I give you and fill your stomach with it. Then I ate it, and in my mouth it was as sweet as honey. Revelation chapter 10 And I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, wrapped in a cloud, with a rainbow over his head. His face was like the sun, and his leg like pillars of fire. He held a little open scroll in his hand. Setting his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land, he gave a great shout like a lion roaring. And when he shouted, the seven thunders sounded. And when the seven thunders had sounded, I was about to write. But I heard a voice from heaven saying, Seal up what the seven thunders have said and do not write it down. Then the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and the land raised his right hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and what is in it, the earth and what is in it, and the sea and what is in it. There will be no more delay, but in the days when the seventh angel is to blow his trumpet, the mystery of God will be fulfilled, as he announced to his servants the prophets. Then the voice that I had heard from heaven spoke to me again, saying, Go, 
Take the scroll that is, in the, that is open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel and told him to give me the little scroll, and he said to me, Take it and eat. It will be bitter to your stomach, but sweet as honey in your mouth. So I took the scroll from the angel and ate it. It was as sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it, my stomach was made bitter. Then he said to me, You must prophesy again about many peoples and nations and languages and kings. Good morning and welcome to the fourth Thursday of Lent. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. This morning's readings come from Psalm 130, a pretty helter-skelter series of passages from Ezekiel 1, 2, and 3, and finally Revelation 10. Uh, and the, the central kind of theme or, or object of the readings is uh, scrolls. Um, the Ezekiel reading featured a scroll, and uh, this is a relatively well-known passage for uh, seminarians and and ministers, um, Ezekiel. One of the things that I always remember about Ezekiel is the flesh. The stone tablets turned to flesh, and the, the the scroll that tastes like honey in your mouth. Um, and then in uh, Revelation, we have another uh, scroll. Um, this time, the author, uh, who claims to be John, uh, the Apostle John, um, he sees this creature. <laughs> I can't get out of my head, wrapped in a cloud with a rainbow over his head um, and uh, with his foot, one on the land, one on the, on the sea, and he's holding a scroll. And uh, John is told to go take the scroll from him after John's told, uh, no, 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 don't write down what the seven thunders have said. Just seal it up forever. Don't, don't write it down. Um, and it's writing and reading um, and speaking. Um, this is uh, kind of what the, that is the emphasis of, of the passages. And it's also prophecy. Um, the apocalypse of John is, um, it's, it's prophetic. We don't always think of it as prophetic literature, but in the, in the context within it was probably written um, I think it was very much prophetic literature, but it had to be concealed through apocalyptic imagery. And I say that because, um, this, as the story goes, John was the only apostle not martyred. He died of old age, um, and he did so after several execution attempts, including being um, uh, submerged in boiling oil. So clearly God just didn't want John to die uh, as a martyr. Um, but he was exiled to the island of Patmos. Um, and it's from Patmos that he re, uh, writes his apocalypse and sends it back in a series of letters or sections passed through, clear, you know, Patmos is a, is a prison island. And he had to conceal what he was saying because the Roman guards may not have been sympathetic to what he was saying. So he's using this apocalyptic imagery to say prophetic things um, because it was about the, the current time. It wasn't just about 
you know, seen toward the future. It was concealed in such a way so that it looked to the outside, uninitiated reader that he's talking crazy, basically. Lots of metaphor, but the metaphor concealed very direct, um, you know, communication to these seven churches, to the church at large. And prophets um, in uh, Hebrew, Navi, it means those who are called and prophets speak for God. Um, and we know what they said because they wrote down what they said. They or the community of their disciples and students and followers wrote down what they said. Um, and so these passages are about scrolls, but they're also about prophets and prophecy um, and how we communicate um, in uh, about hard to understand things or um, things that need to be concealed, um, but also bring and share this message of God. Um, sometimes good news, that's what the word gospel means, but sometimes not such great news because the prophets are well known for um, not being happy with the people because God is so often not happy with the people. Um and as prophecy goes, as John finds, sometimes it tastes as sweet as honey in your mouth, but as soon as you ingest it, it becomes it makes your stomach bitter or sour. Um, it gives you a stomach ache. Um, Martin Luther King Jr., Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, uh, or was it? No, I'm sorry, it was Abraham Heschel. Rabbi Heschel said, um, that prophecy is a vocation of anguish um, that I think in our our own context in America where the prosperity gospel is so um, uh, popular and, and widespread that we think of prophecy as this really kind of I don't know, I think of it I think that it gets kind of dismissed out of hand or like just kind of um sentimentalized or um, put behind just kind of pure jargon. Um, but I, I think that in reality, uh, prophecy is something like, um, I used to tell my students that uh, it's not telling the future unless, uh, you know, stare, standing at the bottom of the stairs, seeing a child wander by without a, a baby gate um, and pointing at the baby and saying the baby's going to fall unless you do something. Like, that's not telling the future. That is stating the obvious um, in sometimes inconvenient ways uh, and in, to crowds that don't particularly want to hear it. Um, and I think that's timely for our own moment here during COVID-19 pandemic, where um, uh, it's important to speak truth, um, that there are inconveniences that we want to go away um, that uh, the the president um, made headlines for suggesting that the the lockdown order should end by Easter and as a Christian I kind of would like that I'd like to go to an Easter service I love Easter vigil um, we've had our oldest daughter baptized on Easter vigil a couple of years ago um, but what's more important is that the weakest among us are protected. And if we, if we start going about our 
our, our regular routines too soon, um, the weakest, the elderly, um, people who are immunocompromised, they will suffer. Probably, maybe not me, not people who are healthy, hopefully not my kids uh, who are young and for some reason this um, virus isn't affecting kids very uh, badly. Um, but these inconvenient things that we, that we don't like, that we want to stop, um, prophecy um, isn't always by people we might think maybe it's um, Dr. Fauci who's pushing back against president, uh, our president right now, um, the CDC, the World Health Organization who are saying no, you know, it may look like this is not working or it's, it's for no good because we're not seeing the effect, but that's precisely the point. If we stop, um, this is going to happen. If we do this thing that's convenient, it's going to have disastrous consequences. And I think that's what, uh, that's the bitter scroll that sits in our stomach right now. Um, the, uh, the difficulty of, of uh, being prophetic in a convenient age, um, uh, it makes it, it makes it inconvenient. Um, but it's, the right thing to do, not just because God said so, um, in term in, in the case of prophecy, but because it is, it's simply the right thing to do um, to protect the vulnerable, um, for those that need more help than average. Um, saying that inconvenient thing, um, it might, uh, for a time, taste good in our mouth, um, and when it settles in our stomach, it and it becomes sour. We need to remember, as John, I'm sure, did, that that doesn't mean um, that we, you know, kind of throw up our arms and give it all up. Um, it's something that we have to endure in order to um, make sure that our friends and family and even people we've never met before are, are provided for and uh, are, are looked after because that's, that is the nature of God, to protect the weak and those who need more help than others. Prayer for the fourth week of Lent from the Book of Common Prayer. Gracious Father, whose blessed Son, Jesus Christ, came down from heaven to be the true bread which gives life to the world, evermore give us this bread, that he may live in us and we in him, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where PewPewHQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way.
Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.